Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain and Anne Guest. Welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. This is episode 187. I'm Paul Spain. And I'm Mitch Olson. Welcome along, Mitch. Great to have you back on the show. Thanks, Paul. Good to be here. So, what have you been, what have you been up to recently? What's keeping you busy? Where do you fit into the technology world for, the, for those that, uh, that don't know? Um, so I've been, um, as of uh, last year, I stepped back from a, an operational role in Smallwoods. So Smallwoods is a, an online virtual world, which my uh, business partner, Darren Green, and I co-founded a, f- uh, a few years ago and got funding from Disney and from Sam Morgan. Uh, and so I stepped away from that last year, and I've just been kind of playing since then, really. So I've been involved. You've been playing on some quite cool stuff from uh, from what I can tell. Well, there's lots of cool digital companies out there. So, yeah, just involved in, in, in a few startups, involved in, in as a director of a, a number of um, cool digital companies and uh, working with uh, Auckland tourism events and economic development in terms of uh, looking at what we can do to create a, a more conducive environment for more digital startups in New Zealand. Okay, oh, that's good. Well, what we're going to do, we'll jump into some news bites and then into our discussion topics. So uh, one, of, uh, one of those things is that uh, Two Degrees have, uh, have updated their roaming, uh, mobile roaming offerings in the market. Um, uh, I, I, uh, I guess I, I almost dived in uh, when, we, when we had um, Tim Haywood from Two Degrees here uh, last week to, uh, to give him a beat up on uh, their, their roaming deals not being particularly competitive. Um, he wasn't so keen on that. So, uh, so you know, we, we discussed other topics where they were doing a little bit better. Uh, but this week they've, uh, they've, they've come out and, uh, and announced some, some new offerings, which do look pretty competitive uh, for their, their postpaid customers. So uh, those users can, uh, can and go across to Australia. Uh, they pay $0.10 cents per minute for, uh, for mobile calls. Uh, to either Australia or New Zealand, uh, they say they pay uh, ten cents per text message, uh, and also ten cents uh, per megabyte of uh, of data. So, I mean, it's a long way back from the uh, the ten dollars a meg or thirty dollars a meg that we used to pay to uh, to Rome in Australia. And they're also launching a uh, a seven a number of seven day uh, data roaming packages, and these are available also for their prepay customers. Uh, those are coming out later on in the month, and they uh, have a 300 meg uh, plan for uh, $10 and a 500 meg plan for uh, for $15. So that puts them in, a, in an extremely competitive position. I don't think anyone else uh, anyone else's deal can necessarily beat that, but it depends on your usage. Of course, Vodafone have got their uh, their, their five dollar a um, uh, a day sort of add on to your existing plans. So uh, yeah, so some good good stuff there. Um, in other news, uh, Slingshot with their, uh, their their global mode, which allows uh, their customers here in New Zealand to access services like Netflix, uh, that's attracted some global attention uh, today, and uh, it's been picked up by uh, by GigaOM in the US, and uh, that's followed on with CNET and others that have uh, that have followed up on. Uh, on that story, there seems to be quite a bit of global interest in uh, in in what is done here in New Zealand with uh, with well, I guess they're quite unique in the market at the moment with their global mode. 
Uh, there was another provider, Fix, that launched a similar service before them, but that was shut down uh, within just a matter of days. Uh, but on a global basis, it's uh, it's still fairly unique to offer this uh, service that allows you to uh, access services which would usually be blocked outside of the US. Yeah, interesting that one, isn't it? I mean, in terms of Netflix's... Um Terms and conditions. It's 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 theoretically against those terms and conditions. Um, obviously, people have been using VPN services to be able to access uh, Netflix over the years. I think that well, I liked what uh, Slingshot had to say that, that they didn't want to disadvantage international visitors who were coming to New Zealand and staying with friends. Uh, uh, so th- that's their line in terms of uh, of um, of why they're providing that service. Yeah, well, they seem to, and they seem to have gone sort of further now because that was that was certainly the focus when they launched it. But now it's just you know it's sort of a free for all. It's 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 uh, you know it's for everyone now. So they're they're, they're being um, they're being you know quite sort of you know straight up that they're just letting anyone access those services. Yeah, and good on them too. It's it's great to see um, it's great to see a company pushing the boundaries as well. I think in this whole area in particular. We're going to see some uh, lots of um, things changing in the whole area around video streaming over the next two years, and uh, so it's good to see companies like Slingshot, um, uh, you know, innovating in around that area and and, and stretching things just a little bit too. Yeah, yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see whether this media attention internationally uh, leads to any sort of a. Um, uh, uh, you know, knee-jerk reaction from uh, from Netflix and others, or or whether actually the concept gets picked up by by other countries. So um, yeah, we'll 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 keep watching that one. I'm uh, um, I'm I'm hoping there's not any sort of knee-jerk. Um, and other news, uh, Telecom have invested uh, in a New Zealand um, applications um, development startup called. Um, App Lacarte. Uh, this is an this is an interesting one um, because you know we've seen Telecom recently dropping in a, a few uh, yeah investments in, into a few uh, you know startup businesses and uh, and this is just the most uh, recent one and uh, you know they're, they're, this company is uh, yeah focused on on mobile uh, app development. So yeah, quite an interesting one. Have you uh, have you seen anything on this one? Uh, no, Mitch, I'm not your, familiar your with um, App Lacarte, but um, I do know a little bit about Telecom Digital Ventures, and it's great to see uh, Telecom, uh, you know, s- stepping into the the startup and um, sort of early stage capital sp- space and uh, supporting some uh, digital startups here in New Zealand. So uh, that investment is. In in Applicart comes through uh, Telecom Digital Ventures. Mm. Um, other news: uh, Unisys have published a uh, published a, resor- a report in the last uh, few days that just looks at how uh, how various uh, companies have been uh, have been using uh, mobile technology. And interestingly, in their report, uh, New Zealand didn't come across very well. It appeared uh, from their report that uh, a lot of firms aren't uh, maybe being as strategic in their use of mobile. Mobile technology uh, within the New Zealand market, as compared to uh, uh, other markets around the world, um, and you know areas such as uh, um, 
I guess, tracking what the productivity benefits are and, and what the you know true benefits are an organisation gets from mobile uh, seems to be less common in New Zealand. I guess my pick on that is that it's uh, probably because our firms here in New Zealand are traditionally much smaller and uh, you know, handling your your mobile, I guess, in that um, your mobile technology in those sort of ways tends to be the the bigger firms that really put uh, put more detailed systems in place and have uh, you know very very firm strategies around how they're going to leverage mobile. Yeah, I guess when you're dealing with if you're if you're in the states, for instance, your your markets are significantly larger, and that tends to produce more fierce competition, which tends to produce more sophisticated businesses in general. Here in New Zealand, you know, we've got a lot of SMEs, and um, and so the uh, the the co- the 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 competition here in New Zealand is less. And I think also in general terms, uh, New Zealand's probably New Zealand businesses are, are less sophisticated in respect of the utilisation of technology in general terms. But I think that's changing. I think we're going to see some changes in, in that happening over the over the next two to three years as it increasingly becomes as uh, markets increasingly become global. And, and and the need to be able to increase sophistication uh, drives uh, more uh, technology changes within businesses. And I think some of the some of the uh, tools that are, you know that assist with making uh, better business use out of the technology uh, are becoming more and more accessible for smaller and you know the sort of small to medium businesses as well. Yeah. Uh, now let's jump into our uh, into our real discussion topics for this week. Uh, first up. An area that we didn't uh, we didn't end up with time really to chat about uh, last week was uh, from Google I/O was was Android Wear, and uh, Android really put out on show this uh, this new version of Android which is designed to sit in smartwatches. And uh, of course, it was I think th- about three months ago that Google first uh, showed off uh, Android Wear. Uh, in conjunction with the Moto 360, the um, the round and rather funky looking uh, smartwatch from uh, from Motorola, uh, which is still still hasn't launched yet. I believe uh, it's still um, it's still coming, but not too far off. Uh, but there were announcements of two other uh, two other products. Uh, there was uh, one from from Samsung, so and of course we've uh, we've had a good look at uh, Samsung's uh, previous uh, smartwatches uh, that that have been based really on their on their own uh, their own software layers on top of uh, Android uh, and also on on top of uh, their 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 own uh, OS. And uh, yeah, now we've got uh, we've got Android um, Wear products coming from uh, yeah coming from Samsung as well as Motorola and LG who have their uh, their G Watch coming. Now we've been looking at some of the videos and some of the material on this, and of course Apple, uh, you know, we hear they're very very close to uh, to something as well, likely to be this year. Mitch. You're you're quite an Apple uh, fan. From you know when when I see you walk in, you've got your uh, your um, MacBook Air, you've got your uh, your iPhone. Um, what's your what's your pick and where this this whole area is going to go, and how do, how do you think it will uh, it'll end up sort of slicing and dicing? Obviously, we don't quite know what Apple have got, but Apple have got you know a real reputation for uh, uh, for launching 
product that is uh, that is you know generally uh, pretty solid and consistent. It it looks really nice, um, but. Google with their Android products uh, have been doing you know incredibly well in terms of market share globally. Any any pick on where uh, where this is going to land? Well, I think we've seen with the Google Wear announcement earlier in the year in the Moto three sixty. Um, they've obvious uh, there's LG have uh, have announced the LG G Watch and and uh, Samsung have got the is it the Gear Live is that the name of their that's it yeah yeah yep. and they seem like more compelling uh, products than what we've seen previously I, I think for a lot of people myself included looking at the existing sort of smartwatch type market to date it has felt like it's a, a bit of a gimmick. And it seems to me that these products are becoming a little more compelling with the, you know, Google doing their integration with effectively the Google Now service. So we're starting to see the the integration and the and the sort of the, a more compelling use case coming out of them. Uh, obviously, when Apple launch, they're going to want to launch into a mass market and not into a niche market. So it's going to be interesting to see what else they bring uh, beyond what has been brought to date in terms of um, that sort of smartwatch um, offering. I think the we saw, I think it was last week, that uh, Apple announced the hire of the sales director from uh, was it LVMH, which was the company that run that owns Tag Heuer, the the large Swiss sort of luxury brand. Um, so makes some sense, doesn't it, for them to you know pick up some uh, some smart people from that side of the industry that that know how to sell these products. Although it's interesting because the uh, you know Tag watches aren't uh, yeah they're certainly not at the at the um, uh, this you know the sort of price point that I would imagine Apple are going to be at. Apple's product you know is going to come in at a lower a lower price point. Uh, yeah, you know, it's going to be a premium a premium product as far as electronics are concerned. Uh, yeah, I'm quite curious in terms of where they're going to land and whether it's going to be this uh, almost this you know status symbol type product, which is where tag the tag here uh, product sort of uh, yeah sits at the moment, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, you'd have to if if you looked at the price point, you you would you can't imagine it being again. If you look at the existing watches, smart watches out there, they're in the three to four hundred dollar range. I can't imagine Apple launching anything uh, out uh, much beyond that range. So I'm expecting it to be in that sort of price range. So, like you said, it's it's not really a uh, a luxury uh, a luxury uh, watch, but at the same time. It reminds me somewhat of the who's the recent uh, retail Apple retail head who came from uh, was it Burberry she came from just recently started and she, so she's obviously come from a sort of a luxury brand mm. background. Uh, it seems that uh, you know Apple are and they've always marketed themselves as being a sort of a premium brand. So the higher possibly makes sense in 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 respect of that. But I think one of the things we're going to see as well is we're increasingly seeing that the Android or the the Google strategy and the and the Apple strategy are sort of seem to be uh, there seems to be increasing differentiation in terms of the way that they're going with with Google heading towards the sort of a smart web type of approach and and Apple heading towards more of a smart uh, where the smarts are more in the 
the device themselves. Obviously, Apple make their money and their backgrounders in selling devices, and Google there they make their money, their backgrounders in terms of uh, smart services. So uh, both and, and both of them lifting. Great to see both of them lifting their game as well. Uh, you know, with the the recent uh, iOS eight and and uh, OS X Yosemite announcements, we've seen. Google, uh, Apple definitely lifting their game with the uh, cloud-based services. Yeah, absolutely. There's some there's some good stuff coming through there, isn't there? Now, uh, we weren't sure if this was going to happen, uh, but uh, we've just received the LG G Watch to have a little bit of a look at. Well, it's always nice to um, have new toys to play with. Looks um, the form factor looks very similar to the Samsung, not the Gear Live because I haven't seen that in the flesh, but the previous Samsung. Yeah, the Gear Two that we've got here. Yeah, yep. Two forty by two forty pixel display, I understand. And uh, just looking at it, it, it looks very much like the the Google Card sort of interface that you see in all of Google's um, Google interfaces, now. like Google yeah. Now. Yeah. Oh, it it looks uh, looks pretty nice. You can uh, you can you know uh, click to reply to uh, messages as they as they you know text messages and so on as they as they come in. Uh, you've got that sort of voice recognition type capability, uh, but the, the the feel of it looks quite nice. It's it's a little bit a little bit thick, but considering that you've got a chunk of computing power that you're uh, you're actually wearing here, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's it's it's definitely a device that um, is a bit of a step up from what we've seen in the pre- in the previous uh, smartwatches. So yeah, I think Google have done a good job here, software wise, and it's really now down to uh, down to the the LGs, the Samsungs, and 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 Motorola's to deliver something that really works in terms of hardware. Uh, and I think you know this. This looks like a pretty practical, um, a practical product. I think um, you've got to bear in mind though, with with watches, people generally want to wear something that's uh, that's quite nice. Maybe suits their personality a bit. Um, I like. I do like uh, Samsung's approach with having the the metal watch, and that uh, you know the the uh, the round style of the Moto three sixty uh, is is quite nice too. Well, what's, what I think is going to be interesting is it reminds me a little bit of tablets. You know, I remember when tablets first came out, people mm. said, you know, well, why would you want a tablet? They, they, they're just a, uh, an oversized phone or an undersized computer. And I, I was um, – I'm always a sort of an early adopter, so I, I got one and, and I've used it predominantly as a device for consuming media, you know, whether it's reading ebooks or – watching videos or reading my RSS feeds and that. But I'm, I must say that it's if it would – if of the three devices, my smartphone, uh, my laptop and my tablet, my tablet would be the first device. If I had to give up one of them, my tablet would be the first device to go because it is – it does feel like it's an optional extra for me. Sure, yeah. Uh, and well, I there's so much s- you can do on your phone now, right? And then if you're doing real work – yep. You tend to you tend to gravitate. You know, most people anyway would still be gravitating back to a laptop type device. True, right? and I guess obviously depends on what size laptop is. I mean, I've I've only got an eleven inch laptop, so it, it's just as portable as an iPad anyway. But I think when I look at these smartwatches, I wonder whether they will be 
if I had four devices, whether whether the smartwatch will be the most dispensable um, device I have, or whether it'll be a tablet, I'm, I'm not so I'm not so sure. I think they're definitely going to be a nice to have rather than a a need to have. Yeah, I think that that's certainly a fair comment, uh, and I think there have been a lot of people that have just said, look. Wearables, what a waste of time. Smartwatches, waste of time, not relevant. Uh, but what we're seeing with each iteration is they're just becoming, they're becoming better and better. Yeah. And yeah, I've said it before. I quite enjoy having a, a device that's attached to my skin for alerts to let yep. me know. Yeah. And being able to control that and what alerts that you do and don't get. And, and with this, you can do that through, uh, through on Android. You can set what your alerts are going to be. Uh, so you know you've got you've got that granular control what you want to be um, you know pinged about, uh, but for the things that you really must must know about having those uh, alerts on a device that when it when it vibrates uh, you're gonna you're gonna know about it which sometimes you don't with a phone that's in your pocket and so on. Uh, so yeah, I think some people will probably find it. Uh, yeah, will will find it a wearable, uh, such as a G Watch, becomes a you know an indispensable device for them. But uh, it might not be uh, you know as as broad and uh, you know in terms of adoption for you know for quite some time. But I, you know I think we're we're looking at a device that uh, that certainly has a lot of promise. Um, doesn't have some of the sensors that we've seen in in other products. Uh, for instance, the uh, uh, the the TomTom, which is very much a uh, uh, you know a sports person's uh, device with their their latest one, which has the heart rate sensor in it. Uh, you know, as do the Samsung products, but it's also got the GPS in it. Uh, so you can use that as a completely independent, all in one uh, your device that you take with you running without having to have a smartphone on you. Whereas, uh, you know, the Android Wear devices and most of the other, uh, smartwatches, you know, very reliant on you having your, uh, your smartphone at the, at the same time to be able to, uh, you know, to, to do, uh, much. Although that's not, I mean, it's not entirely true with, um, with some of the gear, the gear products. Um, but yeah, certainly, I don't think Android Wear is something that can stand on its own and be particularly useful, can it? Yeah, and this is again where your comment about you know what are Apple are going to do because Apple like to enter mass uh, mass consumer markets, and so I can't imagine them doing something which is 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 going to be going to have a, a niche market. So what have they got up their sleeve? I wonder they're obviously putting a whole lot of investing a whole lot in their health kit and their health uh, platform, and I wonder whether uh, whether they're looking at biofeedback uh, beyond just the sort of accelerometer counting your paces and how much movement. Whether whether they see an opportunity for uh, improving that, like you were saying, in terms of measuring things like your your heart rate or measuring. Uh, stress levels through your through your skin or other various um, elements. I can I can definitely see that biofeedback is going to become an increasing part of the, this of of the sort of information that people deal with on their day to day basis. Yeah, and I think that you know that's quite exciting. You know, we, we we're in this world now where uh, you know people live longer, uh, but there's no reason. That you know, with this sort of technology, those you know, those number of years that you know, averages and so on don't keep sort of clicking up. 
there, there's no reason we don't end up with a uh, you know a better standard of living um, because we're able to use these things to sort of maybe capture some of those health issues before they get you know uh, too dramatic. And you know, I think there'll be all sorts of uh, all sorts of new sensors that we'll see uh, in in the years ahead. And you know, there's already you know smarter ways for uh, you know for diabetics now to uh, you know to to measure their blood sugar levels. Uh, you know, there are I think there are a whole range of things that that at the moment aren't measured you know as a by consumers, uh, but with this type of uh, wearable. And, and some variations to them that we will, you know, we'll see a whole lot more things that are, uh, that are going to get measured. And, you know, th- those will, uh, yeah, I guess, um, yeah, help healthcare to become, uh, more proactive in terms of the way that it operates. And, you know, at, at the moment, there's very little that's sort of proactive around our, our medical care. You go to the, the, the doctor, it's very break fix when, when something's broken yep. with you. Yep. Uh, but with these types of devices, you know, I can see, you know, in the future, there'll be a whole bunch of data that fires back to, uh, uh, you know, back to your, your doctor, back to some sort of health service. And when certain sort of things, uh, you know, trigger early on, uh, you'll be getting that, uh, you'll be getting that, uh, electronic notification. Uh, offering to uh, book you in for an appointment with your uh, your GP or or your specialist. Well, there's already. I mean, speaking about smart digital startups in New Zealand, we spoke before also about uh, Telecom Digital Ventures. Telecom Digital Ventures invested in a great startup uh, called Vigil. Uh, was it earlier this year or last year? Yeah, yeah. Put five yes, million back. dollars into into them, and and they are. Uh, in this sort of in this space, but specifically looking at around health and specifically looking around sort of particularly those uh, the likes of the elderly, um, where they have devices which are monitoring uh, conditions specifically related to people who are at risk in terms of their health. So, I think that, that that's a a relatively niche uh, area. But I think we're going to see this sort of thing become uh, increasingly mainstream. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I mean, there's there's so many uses. I'm you know, I'm sure there'll be sec- sort of security applications and and uh, you know so on, so on as well. You know, personal security type type stuff. Uh, but the the point probably around all of these products is they help sell other products uh, and other services. So you know. Whoever can get their foothold into the space and do well, and you know, naturally that's going to be that's going to be Google. Uh, it's going to be Apple. Yeah. Uh, I think some questions remain over uh, what Microsoft's potential is in this space because they're understood to be working on some some uh, some products, and we'll like you know we'll likely see some some uh, news from them you know in in the months ahead. Uh, but you know these the, the products that we've got at the moment tend to tie in nicely with Google and likely Apple's product will, will tie in nicely with with the iPhone. Uh, Microsoft, I guess, if they release anything, is going to have to work with everything to be uh, to be attractive because uh, it, it's quite likely they'll be uh, they'll be la- last to market, and they don't, just don't have that uh, that smartphone share at the moment, right? Which uh, will will make it a, a, a much harder battle for them, much uh, harder playing ground. I, I interested to see what Microsoft do. I'm, I'm, I'm. Uh, I think they've, they've with uh, Steve Bellmer having gone. I think they're in a in a better position to be able to hopefully uh, move a bit quicker than they have over the last uh, five years or so. But they certainly are behind the the eight ball in terms of their. 
they're capitalising on the the mobile space, and obviously in this uh, the wearable space is a is a continuation of that. I heard someone who suggested to me the other day that uh, if Apple ever went up against uh, the Google Glass, that they'd call it the Eye Patch. I thought that was a good name. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, now, some other bits and pieces that have been uh, that have been going on. Um, Apparently now, uh, in New Zealand have have announced that they've got the um, uh, approval for uh, for passengers to be able to uh, keep their gadgets turned on during takeoff and landing. Oh, that's great news! Uh, like you can in the US already. Um, Is that on all flights? So I believe that's uh, certainly on their uh, domestic flights at this stage. Uh, probably, yeah, probably actually. I'll need to check that, but I think that might be right across might be right across the board. Certainly for flights uh, leaving from New Zealand. Uh, now, the, the interesting thing about that is their statements basically leading up to this. So, if you were on a flight last week when they hadn't announced it, they were telling you that it was uh, that the uh, that your gadget could interfere uh, with the navigation systems, etc., on the plane. This week, they're telling you. Hey, no, don't worry about turning it off. It's no problem. Um, I, I guess that you know those common sort of warnings that we get from um, you know airlines around these things has always left me with some uh, you know a level of uh, distrust. So if they ever say anything sort of banned again, you you know, and also that you know we know that there are. Uh, uh, you know, some places where you can use a mobile on the uh, on the plane and actually make calls. So, you know, it means that the uh, uh, you know all of these warnings are um, yeah, are, are, are something that you really take with sort of a grain of salt. How do you feel about that, Mitch? Yeah, I mean, I, I've I've always felt like it was given that you can you can you can imagine that there's there's uh going to be a reasonable proportion at least probably 20 30% of people who are going to forget forget to turn the radio off on their uh, tablets or their phones that that basically that that uh that there's been uh, this threat has been operating right from the very beginning and and we haven't heard any um instances where it's contributed but i guess as an ebook reader um and uh, and liking to listen to music the fact that i don't have to turn it off now when i get on a plane um uh, either um, taking off or landing is, is great news. So Yeah, it makes life a little bit easier. Um, now, the other thing that we heard about is um, some security uh, you know, concerns coming out of the US again uh, around you know, devices. And you know, for a while we've had that situation when, uh, you know, particularly in the US, has, has been the, the hardest with this. Uh, if you're, uh, you know, if you're going going through a security check at the airport, you've got to pull out your laptop, and your laptop goes uh, separately through the X-ray. Uh, now, what they're saying is, if you're flying to the US from Europe or the Middle East, uh, make sure your gadgets are charged because they're also going to expect you to turn them on. Yeah, I, I read about that. I didn't. I didn't uh, read the part that said it was only from the the Middle East or Europe. At this stage, so we're off the hook from uh, certainly from New Zealand flying to the US at the moment for that one. But 
for those of us who tend to carry a lot of gadgets, and uh, I might be able to put my hand up in that. I imagine you're in a you're in a, a similar uh, area, Mitch. You've you know you've usually got um, you know at least one one or two things probably above the average. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's an area you need to be uh, careful of because it's uh, I guess it'll be a matter of have it charged or or lose it because you, once you're at that that stage. Um, yeah, I mean, you can was, imagine how well that's going to go down, though. That someone, it's a little bit like if you've accidentally uh, had a, uh, say, a Swiss Army knife in your in your pocket when you've gone through and had that confiscated. I don't think people are going to feel quite so happy about having their um, their thousand dollar smartphone or their uh, their even more expensive laptop um, confiscated. So I'm not exactly sure how that's going to happen. No, it's a good old US like paranoia. Quite quite, uh, quite messy, right? Yeah. So uh, yeah. So I mean, let's hope this isn't a real threat, and uh, we you know we get past it sort of sooner rather than uh, rather than later. Um, now the the other thing is uh, LG's G3 uh, smartphone, which we talked about recently, uh, that releases in the US this week. Uh, so we're expecting it here in New Zealand, not too far off. Uh, so that I think that will probably line up reasonably closely with the um, uh, with the G- L3 uh, G3 smartwatch that we've got here. Now we haven't had any pricing confirmed uh, for the LG just yet uh, for the smartwatch um, or the exact timing, but um, that's also just in the process of being launched in a number of other countries. So my pick is we probably see both of these, uh, you know, fairly soon within. Uh, uh, I don't think this week or or next, but uh, probably very, very soon thereafter. I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if at least uh, one or both of of these products ends up launching in the New Zealand market uh, this month. Yeah, and I think we'll see it in that same three to four hundred dollar range as well. Yeah, yeah, I, w- I think you're right. They, were, they, they seem to be sort of coming in at quite a similar sort of price point in, in New Zealand dollars, and yeah, similar in the US market around the two hundred to two twenty, two thirty, uh, you know, type. Type range for uh, um, you know for for, the, for those products. So yeah, I th- you know I think that that's enough. That means uh, you know we will we will see a number of people sort of buying into them, and probably more than ever now that we've got Google behind, sort of getting getting a bit of excitement. They're stirring up developers to get uh, uh, to get excited. You know, the more and more media coverage we get around these products. Uh, the more people are going to at least want to have a little bit of a look and see what they're about and decide whether they're uh, whether they're relevant. Yeah, and I think we're seeing with the, at the Google I/O conference, we saw some great announcements with the Android ecosystem in general terms. Um, Android Wear is obviously part of that. The um, Android L release, and then the Android Auto, and Android TV as well, and so that eco the Android uh, ecosystem is definitely getting stronger, and the 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 um, the rationale for getting another device um, in some ways gets stronger as the as that ecosystem gets more integrated and stronger. And and that and that's what puts I guess the pressure on uh, on Microsoft is you know people buy a whole lot of these Google Android related products and yep. uh, their Apple uh, you know mobile products. There's just so much else that sort of tie, ties into that and. You know, I think uh, yeah. Every year that goes by, uh, you know, my, Microsoft's you know previous dominance, which was so widespread uh, in in the nineties, um, you know, just just um, yeah, it, it look, looks as though the world has uh, you know has really you know flipped in a way that I don't think anyone probably would have would have been able to predict. 
uh, in the 90s because they were just so uh, so dominant. But uh, now we've just got such uh, such strong competition in all areas. It's fantastic. Yeah, it is. It's a bit. Um, I feel a bit sad for Microsoft in in that respect in terms of really having been uh, left behind. But um, uh, well, I think the the good thing about it is that that. They're now very, very hungry for success in these areas where they don't have the dominance. So they're putting, you know, huge efforts, huge amounts of R and D to come up with good products. Uh, yeah, Apple and Google are making a real effort against each other. When there, you know, when there was just one player doing something, uh, be it, you know, Microsoft Windows, Microsoft Office, all these, you know, the, the varying products where, you know, you didn't look at any other product other than Microsoft. Uh, things got a bit stale there for a while, and uh, the, you know, the competition that we've got. You know, right across the industry, I think uh, now means there, there's just you know there's constant innovation. Nothing's nothing standing still, is it? Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I guess the question is whether Microsoft can come up with something compelling to break into the ecosystem because nowadays you really need a an integrated solution with your desktop, your mobile, your wearable, and and uh, increasingly we'll see. I think we'll see the the home as well in terms of both the home entertainment systems the likes of Android TV and the presume the successor to uh, Apple's uh, Apple TV hobby uh, but also we've seen announcements this year from both Apple and Google in terms of the the home plat- as a platform in general terms with uh, Apple's uh, home sp- uh, smart kit or whatever it's called and and Google on off the back of their Nest application uh, Nest um, acquisition mm. um, fleshing out their um, home platform as well you do wonder whether uh, whether Microsoft having so much invested in, in Xbox you know Xbox 360 then the Xbox one and that being you know quite a driver of uh, you know of revenue for them uh, whether in some ways that puts them at a disadvantage in terms of you know competing in the home, although they've got a you know huge amount of market share in terms of devices attached to TVs, um, you know the, the, the Xboxes are a really expensive product, and so then you know they're 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 not uh, competing you know as we've seen um, you know with, with Google having uh, you know. Uh, having the Chromecast, which is a very low cost device that plugs into the TV, I would have thought Microsoft could do something uh, something similar, uh, but maybe they're cautious to do so and uh, and think that you know having having other products that uh, that plug in in some ways, you know, entertainment wise and so on, um, will mean that they'll they'll lose out uh, in terms of their their revenue from Xbox, even though you know completely different products. But I do wonder why they haven't been a bit more uh, you know innovative in terms of you know competing with lower cost products against the Apple TV and the Chromecast. Yeah, I mean, I think that, that Microsoft in general terms haven't taken a broad enough sort of ecosystem approach. You look at uh, so whilst I, I feel like there was a missed opportunity with the Xbox One in terms of expanding the ecosystem to encompass uh, a more compelling home entertainment solution beyond the Xbox One as a simply a gaming device. And so they've possibly lost that opportunity as well. Uh, and I think that definitely over the next uh, 12 to 18 months, I think that the next uh, battlefield is going to be the battlefield for the home um, and it's going to be largely fought between Apple and Google. 
Yeah, well, that's going to be uh, it's going to be fun to uh, to watch them all scrapping it out. Uh, but it can only be good for uh, you know, I think for you know both us as as, as consumers and also uh, for you know for businesses that are that are taking advantage of the best of what technology can bring. And you know, in New Zealand, because we're we're so full of sort of small to medium businesses, a lot of startups and so on. Uh, you know, we're often able to leverage some of those things a lot quicker than the you know the bigger corporates that are in other parts of the the world. So uh, you know, I think there's there's some there's some nice things for for us there as uh, as Kiwis in terms of being able to uh, leverage all of these new technologies as they come through. Bring it on. All right, well, that's us for this week. Hey, thanks, everyone, for listening in to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Uh, if you want to hear some of our other podcasts, uh, jump on to uh, globalvoicemedia.com to, uh, to to find out what other shows there are to uh, to listen into. Uh, Mitch, how do we track you down online? Uh, my website's www.mitcholson, that's O-L-S-O-N.co.nz, and my uh, Twitter handle is Mitch underscore Olson. Excellent. All right, well, uh, always nice to catch up. Uh, Thanks, good, Paul. Great good to, to hear here. from you. Good to hear hear some of your uh, your opinions. Uh, we'll certainly be watching um, watching what other endeavours that you're uh, getting into and the startups that uh, that you're helping out and uh, and and getting involved in. Um, look, guys, you can also track me down on uh, online paulspain dot com, uh, techjungle dot com, and my Twitter is at paulspain. Um, and of course, uh, NZ Tech Podcast or across all the usual uh, social media uh, places. Um, probably most active on on Twitter and you can find us at nztechpodcast.com. Hey thanks everyone. Catch you next week. See ya. Good night.